Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 3rd of September. A major boost for Australia's vaccine supplies with half a million new Pfizer doses arriving overnight from Singapore. It comes as the COVID crisis continues to worsen in both New South Wales and Victoria. Despite tough restrictions, it's feared Victoria is now on the same COVID path as New South Wales after the state recorded another spike in COVID cases. There were 170 six new infections in Victoria yesterday with more than 90 mystery cases. Here is epidemiologist Professor Catherine Bennett. There are more cases out there than we know and some days we, we find more of them and some days we find a few less and so it doesn't mean it's, it's, it's ripping away from us but what it does mean is that we know we haven't got the Um, spread of the virus fully mapped in the community. Meantime, the former Victorian health boss has supported calls for a royal commission into how the Victorian government has handled the COVID pandemic. Jenny McCarkos resigned last year as health minister amid the state's second wave and says residents deserve to know the truth. To New South Wales now, the state has recorded its deadliest day so far this year, with another seven people dying from COVID. Yesterday, New South Wales recorded 1,288 new infections, the majority of those in western and southwestern Sydney. Despite the high numbers, the New South Wales Premier announced an easing of some restrictions in hotspot LGAs yesterday, allowing residents to exercise outside without a time limit. Meantime, western New South Wales is still an area of concern, the region recording 23 new cases, with most of them in Dubbo. New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barillaro says vaccination rates, though, are promising. To the community of Dubbo who are at the heart and at the centre of uh, the outbreak, uh, can I say thank you for coming out. We've seen a movement there from first doses from 35% to 69% and again a call out to those communities that keep getting tested. It's where the concentration of the outbreak is in regional rural New South Wales and really urging people to do so. Meantime, in Queensland, there's been a new COVID scare with another truck driver testing positive to COVID. It comes after a school on the Gold Coast had to close yesterday when two students reportedly bragged about their family sneaking back into the state from Victoria. And we'll have more details on that story from our reporter in Brisbane shortly. And the COVID crisis and vaccination rates will be top of the agenda at National Cabinet today. Australia's plan to reopen when key targets are hit will also be discussed with state and Territory leaders. It comes as the Australian Medical Association is warning our nation's health system will struggle to cope if we reopen before we reach 80% vaccination rates. AMA Vice President Dr Chris Moy has told the project they've penned a letter to the PM warning of a domino effect. Things will just get pushed back and we are looking at some stage at a perfect storm of potentially having to deal with everything we do now plus COVID, plus delayed care, plus mental health problems and also I think the other thing to keep in mind we're going to have to keep vaccinating next year so that's what i mean by the fact that there will be this push along everything will get pushed back 
now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we return to Queensland and the state's run of zero COVID cases is over after a Gold Coast truck driver yesterday tested positive. It comes after a school was shut down after concerns over a local family. Our reporter David Shiraz has the details from Brisbane. Good morning Tash. Well the family from the Gold Coast has tested negative to the virus but not before their kids boasted about an interstate trip forcing their school to shut its doors for the day. We've been told the family entered the state via back roads from Melbourne and initially refused to comply with health orders. Queensland's COVID-free days are over anyway, with a truck driver testing positive after spending time in New South Wales. He's done all the right things, but given he was infectious in the community for five days, nobody will be surprised if case numbers start to rise. To New South Wales and contact tracing across the state will now be scaled down as COVID cases spiral out of control. Health authorities will now be notifying people about exposure sites via the Service New South Wales app. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more from Sydney. Tash, our state government is shaking things up as the vaccination rate continues to rise with a plan to reduce the number of workers investigating venues of concern. Health officials will soon be relying on the Service New South Wales app to notify us when we've been to a COVID exposure site. The alert function will prompt an automatic notification on our phone, which will also be listed in our check-in history. It's due to be up and running by the end of the month. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. The financial fallout from COVID continues with new figures showing almost 400 companies failed last month. Tash, good morning. Yeah, we can't start with any good news this morning. Unfortunately, new numbers out this morning suggest that 400 companies failed just in August alone nationally. If there is a silver lining to this one, it's actually not that much worse than the same time last year. Of course, unfortunately, this time last year, we were coming out of the first round of national widespread lockdowns. And so maybe it is a a right comparison, but it is just a reminder that while the government support is there, and I'm sure it's absolutely doing its job in keeping those numbers down compared to what they would otherwise be, there are plenty of businesses still struggling. And unfortunately, that struggle doesn't really have an end inside, at least not yet. But Scott, there's some real mixed economic news around at the moment. Trade figures out yesterday show quite a solid result for Australia's exporters. And this is where the numbers get really difficult to kind of try and put together, Tash. We're in very strange times, as we all know. Unemployment numbers, of course, very, very low, but they've got business failures. On the flip side, as you say, we've now got trade figures, and we actually saw export numbers up 5%. Now, that's not a huge percentage, but in export terms, given the size of our export industry, that's a really, really good number. Uh, The expectation was for a 4% gain, so it's a nice little beat. Imports were up about 3% as well, and that led to another $12 billion trade surplus. Now, That's not necessarily always a great thing. There are a lot of importers and businesses and people working in the import sector, so we want to be careful what we wish for. But right now we're sending more stuff overseas than is coming home, and that is a really good tailwind for the Australian economy. Iron ore at the front of that, of course, as we know, with prices still sky high despite coming back, but a really nice result and, frankly, a good result for the Australian economy when we need it most. Yeah, we certainly do. And, Scott, despite the rush to shopping online, the owner of IGA Supermarkets is doing very well as more of us shop local, and that's great for small business. It really is. So this is this is Metcash, of course, who supply the locally owned IGA supermarkets and other businesses. And it's one of those 
situation where if everyone's talking about shopping online and all these big massive changes the one a lot of us missed was the whole shop local thing so mccash also owns might attend their hardware sales are up 16 percent grocery sales are up almost 10 percent basically as as you say well firstly we're cooking more at home we're shopping local uh we are doing more, more things around the house and around the yard apparently uh, and of all the winners as i said it wasn't the the online flashy guys it's the grocery wholesaler metcash behind the iga supermarkets and nice to see little local businesses actually doing well this sort of time despite some of those businesses as we said earlier failing this is a really really good news story and hopefully putting some money in some pockets of businesses and employees who need it we all need some good news at the moment scott thanks so much thanks ash <laughs> Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett the Roosters will hit the finals in style while the Raiders season is over after they kicked off the final round last night. Yes, they did. And uh, Trent Robinson says that the Roosters can start getting ready for a new competition and uh, get ready for the finals with plenty of confidence. The Tricolors ended the regular season in style, as you mentioned, 40 points to 16 win over the Raiders last night. They could finish in the top four, depending on other results this weekend. And the coach says the pressure will only ramp up from here. This season, to be in the position we are, I'm really proud of the way that the guys are playing, but the new competition starts and you have to be ready to go. You don't ease your way into finals. So that uh, extinguishes the Raiders' finals flame. Uh, they can now start to thinking about the off-season and next year. Coach Ricky Stewart says they don't deserve to play finals, dishing up that sort of effort. It's an empty feeling. It's a, it's a shocking feeling because uh, oh, I think we're a better team than where we've uh, ended up on the, on the table, but we are where we are. The Sharks can lock in the final place in the top eight with a win over an understrength storm side tonight. A loss would open the door for the Titans to snatch a final spot and uh, by the way, players can also remain in Queensland once their season is done. They've been given approval to holiday in the Sunshine State and not go back to Sydney once the season is over, Tash. And Brett to the AFL now and the Cats are out to avoid a straight sets exit from the AFL finals against a giant side missing Toby Green in Perth tonight. Yes, it is a sudden death semi-final and uh, under Chris Scott, since they won the 2011 Premiership, the finals record under the Cats coach doesn't make for pretty reading. It gets brought up all the time. Disappointing loss to the power. They really do not want to lose to the Giants tonight. As you said, missing their match winner, Tom Green is also out as well. So it's uh, not quite a full-strength Giants side for the Cats. They've made some pretty big changes, dropping veteran Luke Delhouse. Mark O'Connor is out with injury. Zach Tui returns. And Marcus Bontempel Ali's Brownlow medal odds have shortened the bond, taking out the Players Association MVP award last night, Tash. And also, we love this story. Some feel-good Friday news. Brett Ash Barty, the party's continuing. She entertained the crowd in New York on and off the court. And another golden night for the Aussies in the Paralympics. Yes, it was. Let's start with Ash Barty at the US Open, powering her way into the third round. It was a tricky opponent. She faced a Danish teenager by the name of Clara Tolson, a name we'll be hearing a lot more of, I think. Powerful ground strokes, but just too many unforced errors, and Barty made her pay. Uh, once uh, she had her on-court interview, though, ESPN asked the Aussie number one to sum up her stunning season, and it's pretty funny. If you can describe your 2021 season so far in the most Aussie way possible. Bloody good. Bloody good. And we were bloody good at the Tokyo Paralympics <laughs> last night as well. Vanessa Lowe, German-born, Australian-raised, set three world records in six attempts to win gold in style in the long jump. And the Aussie team cleaned up again in the pool. We won another three gold medals. Takes our telly to 17. That's the same as at the Olympics as well. So um, great form at Tokyo. And we're not done yet. Yeah, great effort from the Aussies. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. 
And how's this for a feel-good Friday story? ABBA is back. The Swedish pop group has released two new songs and announced they'll also be returning to stage. A new album called Voyage is set to drop in November, ahead of a world-first residency in May next year. The band will be turned into digital avatars for their on-stage performances. Band members Bjorn and Benny say the reunion is very special. The uh, kind of relationships, the bonds that we have, it all came rushing back in a matter of seconds, I think. Yeah. That's a funny thing, you know. It's been 40 years between, or 39, when we recorded 38. Yeah. Uh, and it was like no time had passed. Thank you, Abba, for the new music. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. Have a lovely weekend too. And we look forward to seeing you Monday. Listener.